Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode number 22 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Well, you're pushing ahead on your next great beginning, but the road is hard and breaks don't seem to come easy. Well, are you persevering or merely being obstinate? We'll discuss that in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello and welcome to episode 22. This is your co-host for Reinventure Me, Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. And Armin Asadi. Hello, Armin. How are you today? Good. How are you? Oh, I am doing really well. I've been looking forward to this show. Why? Because of the topic or just the show? Now, this is something I've been struggling with a long, long time. Yeah, that's what it's a topic. <laughs> All right. I was hoping. But actually, I enjoy being in the uh, in the studio with you again. It's been a, a whole week. Good. I like being in the studio too. Yeah, it's you know it's just fun and doing the show prep and laughing and you know one of the things I'll let our listeners in on a little secret here, a little fear I have. We have so much fun doing show prep that we laugh about stuff that we're going to talk about, and I'm afraid that when we get on, <laughs> when we get to recording it, it's just going to be oh um, I already heard that story before. You know, <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> uh, so anyway, for those of you that might be joining the show here for the first time, this is the podcast for what's next in life. And we like to always be asking the question, hmm, what do I want to be when I grow up? And we think that that's God's question built inside of us to keep us looking to him for our aspirations and our inspiration. And we hope that through this podcast, you might discover something about your next great beginning. If you are new to the show, you will find show notes at reinventure.me slash 22 for episode 22. And for those of you that have been listening for a while, we thank you for being part of the Reinventure Me family. And of course, you know to go to our website, download the show notes, find the links, and leave us comments and questions and get engaged. We love to hear from our listeners, don't we? That's right. Absolutely, we do. And we'd love to hear from you. Yes. Well, let's go right straight into our Inspire Me for this uh, episode. Do it. I know we got a lot to get talked about. We do. We'll go into this quotes by George Eliot. Are you sure? You know, it's Mary Ann Evans. So <laughs> you should talk about that a little bit. We just discovered this tonight. Yeah, we did. George Eliot is really Mary Ann Evans, an 1800s uh, novelist who, back then, being a woman novelist, you never got your work taken seriously. So she assumed a male pen name in order for people to take her novel seriously because back then the women wrote romance novels and right. she wasn't that kind of novelist. It's so crazy. You so guessed she, it right away. So she had this novel idea. Yep. <laughs> I can go in as a man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a genius idea. But here's what she said and I think it's brilliant. She said that failure after long perseverance is much grander than never to have a striving good enough to be called a failure. Mm. That's a gut shot right there. Yeah, read that again. Absolutely said failure after long perseverance is much grander than never to have a striving good enough to be called a failure. 
I don't know about you, but that sounds like a man quote to me. I don't mean to be sexist here, but I tell you, it's one of those quotes that just makes me want to go up and rock something really big, you know? Yes, sir. And it does remind me of that Despair.com poster. And I don't know if I've shared this with you. I don't know, I don't know what uh, you're it, talking about. It, well, Despair.com is this website. You haven't been there? I, maybe I, it sounds it, familiar. You know all like these accessory pictures. You know a lot of them that talk about perseverance. You know it's the oh, water that's... cutting its way through the well. Despair dot com is the anti inspirational. That's the poster in your conference room. At yes, your office, it right? is. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. And the poster he's referring to has a bunch of people with hands around uh, each other, and uh, it says teamwork. None of us is as dumb as all of us. You know, <laughs> meetings. I think it's meetings. None of us is as dumb as all of us. It, but this quote reminds me of the despair.com quote on failure, and it has this upended ship in the ocean, and it says, could it be that your life is only there to serve as a warning for others? <laughs> <laughs> I need to get that for my room. <laughs> There's so many good despair.com things. I like the one that I sent to my sister on her birthday. It, it had a snowflake on the front of the card, and it had uniqueness. And on the inside of the card, it says, you know, happy birthday. Just remember, you're unique, just like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's motivational. Yeah, it's, very, it's very inspiring. It makes you feel special, yeah, right? Thanks, you're special, just like everyone else. <laughs> Appreciate the gesture. <laughs> well, the topic we want to talk about is how we, when we're going on our mission to find our next great beginning, do we give up when things get hard and maybe a door is closed or do we keep going it's a critical question for anybody who tries to pursue something how do you know if you're pursuing something out of perseverance and you're keeping at it or how do you know if maybe you're being stubborn and obstinate uh, this is one of those things we want to talk about in today's episode you know in our culture right our main perseverance is like this big value yeah, it's a thing. If if you don't keep going, you're a quitter. Yeah, nobody wants to wear that scarlet Q on their chest, right? You know, because that is kind of like the failure, maybe the loser, loser yeah. L that you put on your right. on your forehead. And you know, there's some basis for that. There's perseverance is definitely a strong uh, value. The you know the Bible talks a lot about perseverance. Right. Hebrews ten thirty six says you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He's promised. Hmm. You know, so there's clearly a call even in the Holy Scriptures for us to persevere through trial, and that's Absolutely. the mark of maturity. Really, is to stay with something. Right. But we have often such a culture of perseverance as a value that it sometimes taints when we should quit. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to quit because we'd be perceived as not having perseverance. Right. So it creates this conundrum. There are times when we should not pursue something, but we keep going because we fear how it's going to turn out. How can I quit if others are depending on me? Yeah. I have a sense of obligation, and I've got to keep on. And, I have, and so then you get into a situation where you feel like you can't escape from it. You're locked into it. Right. Because we don't know what to stick to. We don't know what to quit. We don't know when to quit. There's a lot of questions that we have around quitting because quitting is such a bad, bad thing. Yeah, and I may have quit before. Yeah. And then if I quit again, what does that tell everybody? Yeah. You know, I've made five job changes mm -hmm. 
and now I'm contemplating making another, mm-hmm. and people will just go, well, you know, he can't stick to anything. Right. So we get concerned about how other people view us rather than looking at the situation itself. So, but obstinance is a problem as well. Just, you know, when we stick to something, when we shouldn't be sticking to it, it's obstinance. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says something about there too. It, in Psalms, it says, Psalm uh, chapter 32, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Hmm. And the idea here is that we can sometimes get stuck in our own way yeah. of doing things that we're not listening to what God is trying to tell us. Sometimes the door is closed, but mm-hmm. we're saying, hey, that's really the one I want to go through. That's really what I want to do. Right. And we are like this horse or mule that the Bible describes, and we're not paying attention. Right. And so, of course, the challenge is, you know, how do you deal with that? Mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, I know I dealt with that a lot in ministry. It was, uh, well, I, at least I met, dealt with a lot of people in ministry that struggled with that. And, uh, I, and it's funny, no matter how long they've been in it or how many different ways they've done it, it seems to be a constant problem in ministry. Well, you have the issue of, you know, if you quit ministry, then there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Weren't you hearing the call of God in your life, you know? And, and we did talk about this in an earlier episode. I believe it was episode number two, is it time to give your job a shove? Hmm. Yep. Well, we talked about the effect of, you know, leaving a ministry even and feeling the guilt of that. You probably felt some of that yeah. when you left as well, right? Well, I mean, it's ministry though, right? You always hyper-spiritualize everything and Western ministry. So the only form of ministry we know is either the mission field or church outside of that. You know, it's hard to understand it as ministry. So you have these thoughts that go through your head um, as if you're abandoning ship walking away from calling, giving up on God. It's just these weird extremes of I'm failing God, basically. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting, and I think the way you said it is absolutely right on that we spiritualize it because it's it's if you quit professional ministry to go into business, then you feel like you failed. Right. But if you quit business to go into ministry, then that's noble. Yeah, exactly. You just stepped up. Yeah. And, and yet... When you look at the Bible, there's ministry that happens, and both the king, David was a king. Right. That's the our equivalent of being in business or being a leader in government. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And yet, he served the Lord. Right. The Bible makes no distinction about that. We, we minister wherever we are, mm-hmm. no matter what role or occupation we're in. Yep. We can choose a lifestyle and an attitude of ministry. Yep, exactly. I think the only thing that I seem to constantly talk about with other people who are either walking into ministry or walking out of ministry is the constant conversation I always have with them, or maybe it's the question I just ask them, or maybe it's a point that I'm making is that there's a huge difference between being called out and walking out and trying to help them find the different, the distinction of that. Because there's a lot of times people are just get sick of being there because ministry i do feel like especially if it's a vocational ministry there's a calling serious calling in that like you are there for a strong serious purpose and it's not always as grand and as joyous as people think it's going to be they don't understand there's an actual sacrifice that's made on a daily basis Mm -hmm. to be there 
And as soon as they realize that, they want to leave. And and there's a huge difference between being called out and going to the next thing or saying, oh, I figured out it's hard now. It's time for me to abandon ship. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, the subtle distinction maybe that we could make between quitting and giving up. Right. Yes, perfectly said. Yeah, because quitting, you might quit for a number of very valid reasons. You might stop pursuing something for a number of valid reasons because you're making a shift to something else. Giving up is uh, just rolling over or abandoning something because it doesn't meet a- another need there that you might have. Right. Or it didn't give you the emotions that you thought you were going to have on a consistent basis of love and reverence and all the stuff that you have expecting going into <laughs> whatever role, you know, especially leadership roles. Everybody thinks it's, oh, I'm going to be there and be be the loved guy, you know, the the highly respected and revered guy. It's like, ah, leadership doesn't always work like that. Well, all of a sudden I feel totally inadequate to sound off on anybody's reason for leaving anything <laughs> because I think, you know, we could probably find a lot of different uh, avenues and, and, and rationale for it. And in right. some ways, when you discover this question about whether you're persevering or obstinate and you really wrestle with it, right. in many ways it is a holy ground kind of discovery and nobody can tell you what it is or right. what it should be for you. Yeah. But I think if you lean into it and you trust God with it, I think the answer will emerge. Amen. But all of this comes down to resistance, right? In in many ways, we don't often think about quitting or leaving something in particular if if you uh, are not encountering resistance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's usually resistance that tests whether there's obstinance or not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we talked about resistance in an earlier episode. We talked about it back in episode 18, I think. And, you know, it makes me think about, you know, resistance is futile. You know, remember that Star Trek episode with the oh, Borg? No. Were you you will be assimilated. Were you a Trekkie? Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. Oh, no. <laughs> Two Trekkies in a room. <laughs> uh. Hey, did you see the episode? <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, but this idea of resistance being futile, you know, and, and, and sometimes it feels that way when we're, trying to pursue a next great beginning, we're going to encounter resistance. And we talked about four things you need to know about resistance in episode 18. Armin, why don't you just remind our listeners what those four things were? Sure. So uh, I'll bullet point it. So one was it comes in many forms to state the obvious. There's, you know, internally you get criticisms and uh, uh, rejections. And then externally there's just bad business uh, conditions and so on. Um, also it's just unavoidable. There's no avoiding it. There's no deferring it. There's no getting away from it. It just happens. Um, three, it makes us do stupid stuff and probably just because we think we can kill it right every time. So we either, uh, you know, we get over and we set over ambitious goals. That's me. What's that? That's me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, yeah, both of us. We sleep less. That's we eat me. more. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, exactly. You want to keep going? Yeah, we, get we can turn the program off then. <laughs> Let's just talk. So I get a counseling session. Right there. Yeah, that stupid stuff. Is yeah. that what you said? That's me. <laughs> and then, it, but at the same time, it brings out our best. Uh, it's the thing that pushes against you that makes you stronger, makes you fight harder, makes you stand taller. Mm. It's that resistance that builds you. It's kind of like go. your boat camp. Yeah. Boat camp. Boot camp. Boat camp. Boat camp. Here's how you I don't sail. want boat camp. <laughs> it makes me sick. Exactly. <laughs> well, when we talk, when we look at the resistance, so we, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that show, I recommend you go to reinventure.me slash 1-8. You'll get the show notes. You can listen to the show about all about resistance. There's some great quotes in there by the master of resistance, Stephen Pressfield, but that's the summation of what we covered in that episode. And resistance is the very thing that causes us to ask this question, 
am I persevering? Because I got to persevere against resistance. Mm-hmm. Or am I being obstinate with resistance? Am I am I just being stubborn yeah. and just having to have my own way through it? And we need to come to this question and understand, is the resistance I'm feeling the sign of a closed door or is it an opportunity to trust God more by persevering? Because hmm. you don't want to keep plowing your head through a closed door would be like that horse or mule that's not willing to come through the open door that God's created. Right. Or maybe he's saying, no, I, I want you to stand here and trust that I'm going to cause that to happen. Now, Seth Godin wrote a very helpful book called The Dip, and it explores this question about when you should quit mm-hmm. and, and quitting in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he says is persistent people are able to visualize the idea of light at the end of the tunnel when others can't see it. Well, that's certainly perseverance, isn't it? And then he goes on to write, at the same time, the smartest people are realistic about not imagining a light when there isn't any. Hmm. And that's really the dichotomy you have. Right. You want the vision to be able to see a light that other people can't see, but the realism to recognize whether there's a light there or not. Right. And that requires this very deft uh, appraisal for yourself mm-hmm. and what God might be doing in you. Mm-hmm. There was a time a number of years ago when my dog, who's now deceased, but my... What kind of dog was it? He was an American Staffordshire Terrier, which is like a pit bull. Oh, okay. But just a terrific dog. Okay. He, he guarded our property. You know, there were no wildlife, no turkey, no deer, no rabbit, no squirrel, no <laughs> no duck or geese could or get humans. in our property <laughs> while Casey was on the watch. Right. And in his later years, he developed cataracts. Oh. So he couldn't see real well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it wasn't long that deer were walking by and he wouldn't know a rabbit would hop out in front. He just lay there, you know, because right. he wasn't sure what was going on. And, you know, he's getting to be an old dog. Well, one one day I get this call from my neighbor, and he says, "Hey, Larry, look out your window. There's a trumpeter swan in the pond, and this beautiful big white bird is just swimming around in the pond." Wow. Well, Casey doesn't see this bird at all because he can't hardly see anything. <laughs> but I went out to the pond to take a look at it. I brought my camera, you know, and I I assumed that maybe it escaped from the local zoo, right? Because it's just a beautiful bird. Oh wow. And so I went out to take some pictures. Well, I get near the edge of the pond, and Casey's right next to me. All of a sudden, he sees that there's something in the pond that looks pretty attractive. Oh, no. And he jumps into the pond through the invisible fence that I have. So he you know, went through the shock collar thing oh, and no. into the water, and he's paddling after this bird. Oh, okay? no. And our pond is, you know, is sizable, and this dog is old. and i'm seeing him chase the bird to the other end of the pond and just as he's like 10 feet from getting the bird now he's already dog paddled across the pond yeah and about 10 feet the bird just hops up and flies over him to to the near side of the pond (laughs) in which case he just turns around and dog paddles toward the new target well you know what's going to happen every time he gets close to this bird it's just going to get up and fly away (laughs) right 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 and I had to call my neighbor and say, hey, can you help me? we got to get in the boat, and I've got to go rescue my dog because I can't bear calling my daughter and telling her that my dog, her favorite animal, dog paddled himself to death chasing something he was never going to catch. You know? This is what Seth Godin is talking about, right? That he, you have to know 
if you're being realistic about not imagining a light when there isn't any. There is no way this yep. dog is going to catch this yep. bird. <laughs> he was being obstinate. Yep. And you could say, wow, go for it. You know, go get it. You know, but you know that's never going to happen. And he is never going to give up. I told my neighbor, I said, I know this dog well enough to know <laughs> it <laughs> will die. <laughs> that's my determination. Will die going after this bird. <laughs> You know, that's amazing. And it, and I realized right then and there hmm. that that was a message for me sitting on the sidelines because I'm on the shore yelling for my dog, Casey, 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 come here, boy. Yeah. He will not listen to me. And that's obstinance. Hmm. When we no longer listen to the master yelling from the sideline, hey, it's better for you over here on the shore. There's life over here. There's death over there. Well, You're chasing after the bird. That's death. Hmm. You're staying on the shore with me, with your master, where you're supposed to be. That's yeah. life. Yeah. Well, just like our master does, you know, we went out to rescue him. And yeah. of course, we get the boat out there, and he tries to dog paddle around the boat oh, so that he can, you know, God. he's not like anxious to get in the boat. He still wants the bird. Oh, no. Of course, the bird was never going to be, never going to be gotten. Well, I realized that not only was that a, a beautiful metaphor for how God treats us when we're obstinate as yeah. well, but it spoke directly to a business pursuit that I was trying with a, a large company trying to win some business with them. Hmm. And after years of negotiating and renegotiating all the rest, God was basically telling me, that company is your trumpeter swan. It is time for you to quit that particular engagement. Hmm. So in that example... God brought to light through my dog wow. that I was behaving dogly. Sounds like you should get another dog. That was a profound moment. Yeah, he was a good dog. <laughs> yeah, kind of bringing a tear to my eye even as we speak. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was a great dog. Well, you know, every, every dream or every great beginning has its own life cycle. Yep. Uh, there's a, a, a birth, a death, and that's usually when we have to think about whether we're being perseverant or obstinate. And then a resuscitation. And if we're trusting God with our next great beginning, we experience that resuscitation. Mm -hmm. If we don't, we stay in that death zone. Right. Because we're just continuing to pursue something that will never come to life. Yep. Of course, we have plenty of examples of that in the Bible. Abraham was given the promise to be the father of many nations. And it right. took 25 years through the barrenness, the death, if you will, of the promise right. to get Isaac born 25 years later. Joseph, another great example, the dream was that he would be a ruler, right. sold into slavery by his brothers and imprisoned. Yeah. As far from that dream as you could imagine, that's death. Yep. Ends up being the second most powerful ruler in Egypt. That's a resurrection. Yep. Uh, the, the Messiah, the disciples saw Jesus as the coming Messiah. Right. But uh, they didn't expect but their perception of the Messiah, which was the scepter and the crown of gold. And yeah, bringing reigning in this great kingdom, right? And over, yeah, overruling. And, yeah, yeah. In this case, the death of that dream was a real death, right? <laughs> a criminal's death. Yeah. Instead of a golden crown, they got the crown of thorns. That's right. And the resuscitation of that dream was a real resuscitation or resurrection, yeah. a resurrection, yeah. resurrected life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Jesus, of course, talks about a kernel of wheat. Unless it dies and rots, that's the death. Mm -hmm. It can't become a new harvest, which is the resuscitation. So everything goes through this cycle. When you're beginning your next great beginning, and when you've got that thing that God's put on your heart, you can expect 
a death of that dream to come along at some point in time. And mm-hmm. at that point in time, you have to decide, am I invested in the dream or am I invested in the dream giver? Because when you invest only mm-hmm. in the dream, then it can become obstinance. When you invest in the dream giver, then it can have resuscitation because it might take a different form than you expect. Just mm-hmm. as the disciples didn't find it to take the form they expected. Just as Abraham didn't find it to take the form he expected. Just as Joseph didn't find it to take the form he expected. That's the key, to keep seeking the dream giver, not the dream itself. Ooh, that's good. Preach it, Larry. All right, okay, Preach I'm, it. Yeah, I'm down off my box here. <laughs> I like it. I like the preacher side of you. <laughs> well, here's some principles, right? We gotta we gotta remember that God's more concerned with our character than he is with our output. Or our talent. Or our talent or anything. Because he gave us all that anyway. Mm-hmm. And he's more concerned about how we grow in that. And our the dream and the the aspirations that we have in our next great beginning is meant to motivate our faith and our confidence in him. It's not to affirm our capability. It's meant to motivate our dependence upon him and our faith in him. And when we encounter resistance, that's what tests our faithfulness and our commitment. Hmm. And, and that's when we say, am I believing in him or am I only believing in the, in the promise? And resistance exposes that obstinacy. Mm-hmm. See, if we didn't have resistance, we wouldn't know if we're being obstinate or not. Right. And the true test is whether you actually achieve the outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, the true test of perseverance is whether there's a, there's a real outcome or not. Right. And as I mentioned earlier, there's no formula here. This is kind of holy ground stuff. So to, to determine whether you're being perseverant or obstinate, you have to go before the Lord and saying, is it more important for me to succeed in this next great beginning or to obey what God is calling me to do? Right. Anytime we get to this point where we go, well, maybe the door is closed. How do we know if we should quit? You should quit if you've outgrown your pursuit. If you're, if you're that plant that has outgrown where you were potted. And we talked about that back in episode two. Is it time to give your job a shove? You know, sometimes that yeah. discontent that you're feeling is a sign that you should move on. Yeah. And, and you need to because you be, fear would be keeping you staying where you're at. And then you, you clearly should quit if you're pursuing something that is keeping you from investing your time into something more important. And uh, clearly when somebody else is is able to do something that you are doing right now. And if you're doing it just out of perfectionism or control or any of those things, those are good reasons to probably consider quitting. But I like the questions that Seth Godin asks in his book, The Dip, that we should ask ourselves before we decide we're going to quit something that we're pursuing. And the first question is, am I panicking? Mm-hmm. And I remember one time when I was at Cray, I called my boss late at night. I think I might have mentioned this in episode Mm -hmm. two. I called my boss late at night because I was in a panic. I was just fatigued. I was like, I just wanted an answer. I just wanted to be done, and I just put it out on the table. That is not the way to quit. Right. Yeah. Uh, So the second question is then, who am I trying to influence? Yeah. And that's an important question to ask because when you're quitting, you might be thinking about, I'm trying to figure out... Who am I trying to impress mm-hmm. or influence by what I'm doing? Yeah, you're caring more about the perception. That's right. Of how people view you than you care about the health of your life or family or whatever else. Yeah, and, and whether you're going to be perceived as a failure by right. quitting and all the rest. Right. 
And then what progress am I making? So you have to really do assess, am I making the kind of progress that's worth the investment of my time and my talent and my energy? And maybe God is trying to show me that I need to be moving it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Those are three questions that Seth Godin asked. I, I would add two to those. The first is, am I persevering out of shame or ego? You know, sometimes we only continue something because, like we talked about, we'd feel like a failure, mm-hmm. like there's something wrong with me if I quit again. Yep. I'm a quitter. I'm a loser. I'm a, and, the, and if I stop doing this thing that isn't good for me to do, yep. it'll just be reinforcement of that. So we keep doing it hoping yeah. that we'll be successful at something we shouldn't be successful at. Yep. And sometimes it's not self-inflicted. It's It's something that's put on you from unhealthy leaders or unhealthy friends yeah. that are maybe jealous or whatever, whatever the situation. Yeah. No and idea. that could play into the ego thing because yep. you, you might, you might go, well, I, they will not look up to me if I back down or that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's just being able to see it from different angles. Right. And then the final question I would ask, the fifth question I would ask in that situation to evaluate whether you should quit or not is, am I yielding the dream to God? And that's, again, the idea, pursue the dream giver, not the dream itself. Yeah. And let God take it if it needs to take it. Am I, am I just in a spirit of openness about it? And that's an important question to ask if you're contemplating giving up on a pursuit that you think God had called you to, and you wonder whether he still is. This whole episode is entirely worth it to me just for that nugget, the mm-hmm. difference between the dream and the dream giver that makes me content Good. already. So, Armin, why don't you take us into this episode's Challenge Me? Yeah, so if you're contemplating quitting, here's a few things we'd recommend. Um, This is your challenge. We'd say, get some time away with the Lord. Go spend some quiet time, pray, just sit back, meditate, and hear from Him. And just like Larry put it, this is putting more focus towards the dream. What did you call it? The dream giver. The dream giver versus the dream itself. Uh, the other thing is seek counsel. I mean, this is something we're always going to advise. This is this is. I think we should just make this a regular part of the challenge. You should always seek counsel. <laughs> go to your go to your. The immense, first one too. You should always get yeah, time with the Lord. Yeah, I think this should just be consistent. No matter what we talk about, I think this is always going to. Now be on, no more challenge me's. We've we've got them set for all the episodes. <laughs> you should do these two <laughs> things at all times. Get time with the Lord. Go get counsel from others, whether it's through mentors, friends, whoever it may be. Also. Dedicate a season of prayer, which kind of goes back to the first point, but just spend some time on your knees. You know, uh, one of the one of the best quotes I ever heard was from a pastor from down south. He says, "A man on his face and knees can't fall far from that position." Mm. And uh, whatever whatever you're chasing, whatever you're going after, if you're spending time on your hands and knees and face, you're not going to fall far chasing that dream. That's awesome. And then finally. Something you'll always hear from us is journal your reactions. This is a good way for you to be able to jot down what's happening, keep progress of it, measure it, and make changes or make decisions based on things that have actually happened. And you don't have to go to the memory bank. You can go to something that you've written down and say, I remember this now based on something that you wrote rather than trying to think did this happen or did that happen? So really quickly, time away with the Lord, seek counsel with others, dedicate a season of prayer, and just journal your reactions. Mm, Good challenge me. Yeah, and just remember that when God put that aspiration in you for your next great beginning, when you trust him with it, he will bring it to bear. Even though it may feel like it's going through a death, you're trusting him 
with your next great beginning, and he will bring it to pass. That's right. Well, that's all the time that we have for this episode, and I hope that you enjoyed it. Would you leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher and let your friends know about Reinventure Me? You can find the hot links to iTunes at reinventure.me slash iTunes or to Stitcher at reinventure.me slash Stitcher. We'd love for you to leave us a question or to comment on this show at our website at reinventure.me or call our number at 612-314-5447. Of course, if you're on Facebook, we love to hear from you there as well. Facebook.com slash reinventure me well that's all the time that we have for this episode until next week it's armina sadi and larry gates saying goodbye you've been listening to the reinventure me podcast with your hosts larry gates and armina sadi <laughs>